Welcome back to the Vantage Performance Podcast. I'm Phil Dobby, and turning a business around will only work if you believe that it can be done. You need to have that confidence that is essential for success. But it's not just about confidence. Of course, you've got to change your ways a little and ask yourself how your business got into the state where it needs to be turned around. Michael Fingland is the Managing Director of Vantage Performance. He has some guiding principles, seven guiding principles to successful turnarounds. But first, I wonder... Uh, Michael, how easy it is to be confident, particularly if you see yourself as being partially responsible for having taken the business to the stage where you actually need this help. There's a reason to question yourself, though, isn't there? Uh, I feel yes, there is, but but most business owners are entrepreneurs at heart. So, you know, very rarely is the is the issue for the business down to the director or or the management team. Usually, it's a combination of events. Mm. But you are right; their, their, their confidence typically is shaken by the time. We, we get involved, and you know, what we say to all, all of our clients is, is when you boil everything down, turn around or turning around a business is is really, really a big game of confidence. We have to improve the level of confidence uh, that their stakeholders have in the management team, in the business, and there's a number of strategies that you can adopt uh, to to ensure you've either been able to retain their confidence or, or, or build their confidence. Right. So cast those doubts aside. I mean, I guess you built the business up in the first place. So you've, you know, you've had that confidence. You just need to see it return. And of course, it gets down then to uh, to having the right strategy in place. That's right. And our guiding you know, model or principle, if you like, is, is that you have to have, to have a, a very successful but sustainable business. You have to have the right strategy, the right funding structure or capital structure to fund your business and the right people to execute the strategy. Uh, and then you obviously need the right you know, processes and systems to know, uh, you know when you're on track. So whenever we go into a business, the first thing we look at is, is do they have the right strategy, the right capital, and the right people? Is it often a case of all three, or is it normally one out of those three that's really the issue? Uh, usually there's a, there's a couple. Uh, and you know, the more comprehensive turnarounds we've done, you know, there are issues with all three. But you do need to have all three working in tandem, in harmony together. So... So usually you know, they might have the right strategy, but they've outgrown their funding structures or the funding structures are no longer applicable and, and they might have some gaps in their people or the business has actually outgrown you know, some, of the, some of the people in the management team. So we need to look at you know, how do we plug those gaps uh, and restructure the business so the capital and the, and the people uh, you know, can actually support, support the strategy that the management's got. But, but what we found, you know, and that, that's our you know, number one in terms of you know, one of the seven principles is the right strategy, capital and people. But... But generally speaking, when a business is in a financial crisis or, or you know, the industry is in crisis, which it's in, to turn a business around, there usually needs to be one to two big changes in strategy as well. Mm. Sometimes it's just a strategy question and uh, and we need to change course. And that's that's also the lens that we come in and look at or look through when, we, uh, when we're uh, meeting a client for the first time. Yeah, well, I guess, I mean, you know, it's not a turnaround, is it? If you're saying, well, uh, steady she goes and we're just going to make minor adjustments. You have you have to see a fundamental change happening fairly quickly, I would have thought. Yeah, that's right. And, and occasionally, and when I say occasionally, maybe 5% of the time, it's a temporary liquidity issue where it literally is just a capital structure issue. But nine times out of 10, there needs to be that one to two big changes in strategy. And often, you know, as a business has grown you know, quickly through through the various phases of the life cycle, they actually get away from what they were good at. And so that's the other, one of the other things we look at is, is getting back to what they were good at. Let's strip it back. You know, what sort of business were they were? How were they managing the business? You know, how were they dealing with their customers and their stakeholders? 
when they were successful and then being able to chart a course back to that, that successful period. All right, well, that brings us on to the third point, which is all to do with stakeholders and making sure that uh, they're on board. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's it's one of the, one of the big ones. Um, you know, stakeholder management and communication are critical. There has to be a philosophy of no surprises. And that's one of the first things that we we discuss with our clients is we need to, and this is all about building that confidence, uh, as we alluded to earlier, you, you need to have a dedicated strategy and someone solely responsible for managing your stakeholder, stakeholder group. And that's where a, a lot of uh, turnarounds, whether they're led by management or, or they're assisted by, by you know, turnaround professionals from the outside, is they don't spend enough time on stakeholder management. Right. Our model is, is at least, you know, when you break it down, 25% is financial restructuring, 25% is operational, 50% of the, the time we spend with, with clients and is, is on stakeholder management. Right. And then and, and manage the stakeholders. That's how critical it is. But you say no surprises. What if you go to their stakeholders and say, look, we're having to make some changes because uh, the business was in trouble and that comes, <laughs> that comes as a surprise to them? You, I mean, if, you, if you're going to be yeah. honest, you, you, you've got to come clean. You, you have to be honest, but they're, they're already expecting a surprise. Mm. So, you know, in the absence of information, creditors, banks, etc., they they assume the worst. Right. So there, there may be you know, a, a very difficult conversation to be had at the outset, but at least then they know the extent of the issue and what you're going to do about it. And from that point onwards, you agree a process of communication and and, and how we're going to you know, keep them up to that uh, with, with the turnaround and how, how, how on track it is. And from that point onwards, there's, there's that notion of no surprises. So, yes, we've told you the entire story. Here's what we're going to do about it. And we will, we will provide you with... with constant and adequate communication along the way so you, so you aren't surprised along the way. Right. Now the fourth one really relates to a point that uh, businesses tackle from the outset. This is like a fundamental question mm. a business asks at the very beginning and I guess that's because this, a lot of this is, it's like a, a restart, isn't it? So you do need to go back to your basic principles. You do, you do and, and what we find is that as businesses grow, the bigger they get the more diluted the original purpose of the business becomes yeah. and you know, as as more people join the business who weren't there you know, as part of the founding group, the that core focus and the core purpose of why this business exists and, and what what problem does it exist to solve gets diluted and, and they they very, then become very very similar to most other businesses in their marketplace. So if you're trying to you know, again change the course of the business, you need to almost redevelop and, and re-earth and unearth what what was unique about them at a point in time when they were successful. Um, so quite often that's the case, or we might need to develop a new you know, unique selling point to help them stand out from the crowd so you're not just having a conversation with your customers on price. Right. And that's what we see you know, in, in a lot of industries uh, today, mining services and, and a lot of others, where all they're doing is competing on price as opposed to something that is genuine and, and does separate them from the crowd. And imagine as well, that's going to help you focus your resources a little bit because you're going to focus on the things that are contributing to that USP, to so that unique selling point. And, uh, you know, the the old adage that you do one or two things and you do it well. Yeah, that's right. And, and it comes back to that one to two big changes in strategy. So, you know, quite often a lot of businesses, as they grow quickly or, or they simply grow, they end up getting into a lot of other products and services that aren't core. So that one change in strategy might be we're going to you know, cull 30 or 40% of the products or services that we're doing because they're not making money and they're diluting our, our, our resources and focus back on those core core offerings that are generating 80% of the profit for the business. 
Now, your fifth point is you should pay down debt. Is 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 debt often an issue? I imagine. I mean, it's not. You know, I mean, you can get into trouble without having racked up a bit a big debt. I guess if you leave the problem too long, though, then that that tends to be the result. Yeah, look, you can, but unfortunately, because we've had such a prolonged period of low interest rates, yes. you know, certainly not as low as around the world, but when you've got cheap debt, you know, businesses and the management teams always choose the course of borrowing more money rather than sourcing equity, because you know, when debt's cheap, they'd rather you know, borrow more money rather than sell part of the business. And that's so, that, so unfortunately, a lot of businesses do overgear themselves. So when you're going through a, a tough you know, period in the business, that the lower your gearing is, the lower your debt to equity ratio is, the easier it is to uh, rebuild that confidence in your stakeholder group. Because one thing is, is certain, uh, you know, along the way you may need to restructure or, or, or borrow more debt, but in a different way down the road. So the, the, the more uh, you know, more you focus on paying down debt by selling non-core assets, uh, non-core businesses, you know, sweating uh, lazy assets and getting getting that cash in the door, the more options that you'll have. It's a disease, though, isn't it? Because it's not just small or medium-sized businesses that are racking up these huge debts. As you say, it's because uh, it, credit is so cheap these days. Large companies mm-hmm. and, and debt-to-equity uh, ratios are blowing out. If they are. And you know, if you're a listed company, you know, if you go and undertake a rights issue and raise capital from the market, that always has a downward impact on your share price. Yeah. And every board is focused on improving the share price. So whereas debt... You know, it doesn't have that, uh, that that same sort of impact, but it is, as you say, it's, it's an issue across the board from small businesses up to uh, large corporates. Now, uh, I guess this goes hand in hand with that point: strong financial management. So, what what specifically should you be looking at? Yeah, this is a really critical one. I mean, they're all critical, but but this really ties into that no surprises um, you know, point. You know, strong, robust financials that that you can rely upon that are produced in a timely manner. And, and and that you're tracking the, the really critical KPIs that determine if your business is performing well or not. It is, is usually one of the big weaknesses um, that we find when, when we come into clients. And so there's a, there's a lot of focus on rebuilding and strengthening their financial reporting regime you know, when, we, when we start. So is it just a lack of expertise that's that's created that problem? There's people who are you know uh, really focused on the business and, and what the business does and, and not enough people with that financial expertise? You know, it's not, not, not expertise. Sometimes it is, but but quite often, and, and this is probably really surprising for, for a lot of people to hear. But at least fifty percent of the time that we come in, there's a failed um, you know management reporting system implementation, software implementation, or they've simply outgrown the system that they've got, so they can't get adequate financial reporting in a timely manner. So they they don't make the, the right decisions. Mm. All right, and this final one, this always interests me. When businesses get into trouble, the first thing they do is they uh, get rid of the marketing person and uh, cut back on uh, research and development. So you're basically saying, well, let's throw away the future <laughs> in a nutshell. That's right. Yeah, it's the easiest thing to do, but what we say to management teams is, is as we come through this, what would you rather be doing? Still selling uh, an existing product and having to discount it to the market because mm. it's the same as you've always had, or uh, selling a, a brand new product to the market which you can get a better price for and, and improve your margins, and, and that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Most, and I say, ninety percent of all businesses will do that. So, how do you stand out from the crowd? You actually keep some some resources uh, available to focus on R and D and innovation, so you can you can emerge from from this period of you know, whether it's an industry downturn or whatever with a new offering, while everyone else is still discounting the old products. And that's how you then get a jump on the market again.
Yeah, because every product has a product life cycle. It, it, it grows, it has its life, and then it declines and is superseded by something else. So what you're saying is you've got to, be make, you, you've got to make sure you're the one with the product that supersedes the, the old stuff. Exactly. Mm. Well, and you've got to do it all with confidence, Michael. That's, <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the key as well. All right, good to talk that's again. Uh, we will catch up with you again in a few weeks. Cheers, Phil. 